Hello, and welcome to the Friendini Podcast. I'm Vic. And I'm Nick. And we're your hosts. We'll be chatting about friendship, life, teaching, New York, and a bunch of other stuff. So sit back, grab a drink, and enjoy the show. Hey, Vic. Oh, hey, Nick. What's up? I'm excited and happy to be here for another episode of Frontini. Me too. Episode seven. It's amazing. Well, a little note. We did take a week off. We did. And for those who are loyally listening, um, there was a little hiccup. That's all. But we're back. It's good to be back. I hope everyone's still listening. (laughs) Yeah. So first things first, what are you drinking today? Today I am drinking Sprite. Oh, a nice throwback. I haven't had a Sprite in so long and it's Sprite in a can. Very cool. It's so good. Yeah. I like it. I'm drinking homemade iced tea. It's P&G Tips Tea, which is like a UK thing. Um, It's awesome. I get it off the interweb because they do not sell it near me. And I sweeten it with maple syrup. Delicious. Oh, gosh. It's so good. Um, I want to go to like a maple syrup like festival one day. I'm afraid of all the yellow jackets. But yes, I imagine it would be. Yeah, maybe you shouldn't go. (laughs) Yeah, right. There's um, a company up in the Hudson Valley called Tree Juice, and they, like, make very good maple syrups. That's amazing. It's a cute little name, yeah. It is a very cute little name. So, other before we get into the news and all that's happening in this episode, I do have to say um, I made a pitiful attempt in episode the last episode, episode six, of stating the author's name of They Can't Kill Us Until They Kill Us, um, a book that I love and I'm still reading. I'm about halfway through. Um, so his name is Hanif Abdurraqib. Um, it is ridiculous that I said it so terribly in the last episode. And so I'm correcting myself. And here we are. I learned how to say it. I practiced it. Um, Hanif, if for some reason you are listening, I have said your name so many times in my house and I love you and that is all and I hope I didn't offend anyone well that's awesome that you learned how to say it correctly and corrected yourself I'm impressed love yeah it. okay all right so <laughs> are we on well what's going on in this episode what's like our main so we have some news updates that mm-hmm. have really uh you know resonated with me this week um, okay. I think we're going to do a little chat about maybe some online dating. Ooh, that's exciting. Yes. Okay, so like online dating, online dating in the queue, because hello, people, we're still quarantined. It's very, <laughs> it's an experience. Um, yes. It, make out with your mask on. Yikes. <laughs> that's a whole new skill set. Yes. Okay. So, um, but in local news... What is going on? So I have a little obsession with New York Post. Okay. And I think that they do share some very um, interesting news. So I'll start with the first headline, which is from July 11th. Um, And it is great white sharks are lurking off New York City area beaches. Uh, 
Um, are those the same sharks that are in Cape Cod? Yes. I saw, I only went to Cape Cod one time and I went to the beach for like a second and there was a shark there and it was terrifying. Well, thinking that Cape Cod would be inexpensive right now because apparently it's like infested with sharks. Yes. yes. I look to actually go there this week. It is not cheap. Oh, wow. Yeah. No, I don't know about cheap or not. But so where are the sharks in New York, though? So um, this is like very valuable news to me because I am a beach lover and an avid beach goer and I do swim in the ocean. However, over the last couple of years, my fear of sharks has like increased. Like I'm very aware of the fact that they could be there. Um, yeah. And they're, you know, just at every beach I usually go to. So there is Mary Lee who is a 16-foot, 3,456-pound shark that is hanging off, uh, hanging out off of the Jersey Shore. Oh, wow. Um, so the most recent ones that came to New York and New Jersey is Caroline, who's 12 feet, 9 inches, and 1,348 pounds. Who's who is between... Weigh, who, wait, 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 wait. Who is weighing them and who is naming them? Like, how do you weigh a shark? And, like, who gets to name the sharks? I do not know the answer to either of those questions. That's like kind of like naming a nail polish. Like I want that job. If I find out who does it, I'll recommend you. Good. So there, so Caroline's hanging out in Seaside Heights in Barnegat Light, which is where I'm going in the next couple of weeks. Ooh. Um, Go Nick. Go Nick. Go Nick. Keeper. <laughs> is eight feet and 348 pounds, which might be a typo because that seems little but maybe not and cabot which is nine feet and 533 pounds were off of the hamptons cabot like the cheap wine no like c-a-b-o-t okay very good so there's new to the, the neighborhood cheese. what'd you say it's like a cheese brand oh yeah i think it is <laughs> it's a cheesy shark <laughs> so then there's someone new to the neighborhood Vimy, which I first read as Vinny, which I think would be a much better shark name. And he's a behemoth, 13 feet long and 1,164 pounds. And he is tracked off of Delaware and southern New Jersey, but he's headed north. Yikes. So, and what do they eat? Like, what's the deal? They eat people? people. What's, what's, okay. I don't think they really eat people, but I think they have no problem, like, eating a person. They eat seals. And oh. that's why there are so many of them in Cape Cod. Right. Mm -hmm. Weird. Apparently, though, there's like a shark nursery, like not that far off of Jones Beach, which no one talks about. Really? Yeah. You're really shocking and surprising me. I did not know that. Yeah. And up until maybe three years ago, it never crossed my mind. Now, every time I'm in the ocean, I think I might get eaten by a shark. Hmm. Well, I I don't know what to say. I don't want you to get eaten by a shark, but I feel like if there's other swimmers, then it's better. Like, go in with some friends, like, or other people. So then they just eat my friend? Well, then you hope you get out quicker. <laughs> <laughs> or the shark has options. <laughs> Our rule is to never be, like, the furthest one out. There you go. Yeah. I mean, I grew up swimming in the ocean, but now my current fear is, um, I guess, bears. It's kind of funny. It's like wherever you are, you have like a thing. 
Um, and although bears aren't like really attackers in upstate New York, it's really freaky. I started having a lot of bear poop in my driveway and it's very freaky. I mean, it means that they're very close. Yeah, I, we saw one the other day. I remember we had a bear in a tree when we went for some holiday one time when you first moved. Yeah, it was a very high up tree. It's like a few stories up. It's like they're they're everywhere, man. <laughs> I like the videos of the bears. I feel like quite frequently they're in Jersey when they mm. like it's the one that like walks around on its hind legs. Oh, geez. I think its name might have been like Petals or something. <laughs> I yeah, have to fact check that. A wild time. Well, um, I would have to call in sick if there was a bear outside my house on my way to work. Oh, for sure. How else would you get there? Safety first. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Well, back to what's in the news is I don't really know the shark situation in Barbados. Okay. However, there is another article in the New York Post. Barbados offering 12-month remote work stay incentive to attract visitors. Now, if this article isn't written for me, it starts. If you've ever dreamed of living in an island paradise, that fantasy can now become a reality. So basically what's happening is now that like all these things are switching to like remote working. Yes. Barbados, whose major draw of like their economy is tourism. I think it's like 40% of their economy. Mm. is giving a um, 12-month remote work visa. So visitors come and they're like working their job, you know, from like New York or wherever they're from. Oh, fantastic. But they're there to like feed into the economy. Mm -hmm. I don't think the DOE will go for it. (laughs) So Mm. as personally as this article is written for me, I know the sad reality that it's not going to happen. No. But that's good info for maybe somebody else out there. Really, if anyone does it, please let me know how it goes. Because A, I'll be a little bit jealous. And B, maybe I'll quit my job. I'm going to tell my friend Jess about it. She would really love that. Oh, yeah. That would be great. Mm Mm-hmm. There are other places around the world that are offering, like... um, a lot of like vacation incentives. Ooh. Italy, Greece, Mexico. Really? I've seen um images of like France and stuff. They're really and like the Netherlands, they're really not um masked up like how we are in New York. Well, that's a whole thing. Mm-hmm. Like, especially if you look at like Sweden and Denmark and all those places. It's uh I don't know. That's I don't know. I don't know either, but I wish I could travel. I don't think I'm going to be traveling for a while. I kind of feel the same way. I'll drive places. I don't have any interest in flying right now. I'm fully staying um, buttoned up in in my quarantine, living my best life. But I do know you have um, an amazing story. And also, it's like we're circling back to an older episode. So we've covered sharks, travel travel tips and now rats new york city rats i think we should have a whole separate podcast just on rats well after you hear about what's happening in new york city i really think we can 
so this article is not from the post. It is from Yahoo News Complex. Okay. It's from July 12th, so I guess yesterday. Yeah. The headline is, drumroll please, are you ready for this? Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, it's like interesting. It's like, dear sweet listener, how do you feel about rats? Maybe you have a pet rat. Maybe you're terrified of rats. I don't know. But we're giving you the 411. Well, New York City rats are attacking outdoor diners after starving during pandemic. Mm. So in New York City, lots of restaurants have been allowed to reopen with only outdoor seating. So they have then, like, granted them permission, I guess. Some streets are closed, but not many. So these restaurants can now, um, like, spill their tables out into the avenues. Mm. So basically you're sitting in, like, rush hour traffic while you're trying to have dinner. And you have rats attacking you because they're starving. Did they have, did they have people in the article talking who've been attacked? Well... They do not have anyone who's been personally attacked. They do have mm. a doctor who's an urban rodent, rodent, rodentologist. If anyone is looking for a job. Um, so he studies rats. Okay. So basically the rats were all starving because the restaurants were closed for so long. So now they're mm-hmm. all like crazed. And if you listen to episode maybe three when we talked about rats. There was a lot of, like, rat cannibalism. There was, like, other crazy things happening with rats in New York City. But now they have become aggressive towards people. So there are some New Yorkers who have taken to hunting the rats. What? (laughs) Nicole. So there there is no one. What? Like a spear? Like, what do you mean? Oh, oh, like a gun? I will tell you what this man is doing. Uh, wait, it's one rat hunter? There's one quoted in the article, and he does not <laughs> talk about any others. <laughs> so, okay, so we're talking about one fanatical human hunter of rats. I actually want to meet this person. Like, I would totally watch an interview with this person. Yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting. So, this man and his dog are mm-hmm. hunting rats. Mm. Together, they set out on a quest to kill as many rats as possible four nights a week. Wow. Well, that'll get your steps in. So so they travel around Brooklyn, killing Uh as many as 20 rats in four hours. I mean, I have nothing to compare it to, so... I mean, that I mean sounds, what, is, what are they doing? What is what is, is he eating them? Just killing them? What what's happening? Well, he says that it's actually been a great pleasure of mine watching his dog learn how to make a kill. Mm. He says that it's like whack-a-mole. So I, it mm. seems like mm. it's for like enjoyment and a civil service. Okay, right? I mean, like I don't really think that like Peter should get too mad at him, but I mean, they might. Well, yeah, because the rats have, like, the right to live. And also, it's like you're kind of putting the dog in jeopardy because it's like, is the dog on a leash? Or it's, like, unleashed and permitted to, like, once you train, like, right, terriers are usually ratters. Yep. Or there are ratters that are separate. I don't know. But there's certain dogs that are much better at killing rats. 
than other types. Like, suffice it to say, the dog is not a pug. You're not going to teach a pug how to kill a rat. Well, maybe this is the dog's, like, life plan, then. And it's really a good thing. But what if the rat is, like, diseased or something? I mean, the guy should really keep an eye on that. But he might not care because he's out killing rats four nights a week. So who knows what they say? You know, I don't know. I mean, well, we started Frontini because we first wanted a hobby. This is just a person finding their hobby. I fully support him. I mean, yeah, like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I feel like for, you know, I try to be an animal rights activist, but it's like, I don't know, population control and vermin. He's using... I don't know. Is it a humane method to kill a rat with a dog? I don't know. Well, I, mean, I don't know. I think, I think that rats spread a lot of diseases, including the bubonic plague, which I kind of heard something about the other day. So mm. maybe the rats do need to go. However, there is another fact in this article that I am surprised and skeptical of. Mm. <laughs> so it says, Oh, it does say that this guy gets satisfaction from killing them. Mm. So that's a little scary. But mm. um, it says that there are close to 2 million rats in the city. How do you feel about that? I feel like that's probably pretty accurate. And when I read that book, the um, I'm forgetting the author's name, Richard Russell. But anyway, when I read the history of rats in New York City couldn't have been Russell Shorto. I don't know. Anyway, we'll figure out the author's name and I'll say it on the next episode. (laughs) The largest rats were in Brooklyn and they were, some of them were weighing over two pounds. That's a very big rat. That is a very big rat. But you think there are only Um, 2 million in New York city? I feel like, I feel kind of oddly. I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to go with also hunting and PETA is not good. So they're probably really not going to like it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know. I hope I didn't just get this guy in trouble. All right. Factoid just in. Yeah. The author's name is Robert Sullivan. For the rat book. For the rat book. And it's honestly, it's a really good book. So I hope we have whetted your appetite to learn more about <laughs> rats in New York City. And the learning doesn't stop, right? Because the landscape keeps changing for them. Yeah. We need, we need a rat's history part two. Post-pandemic. I think I'm scared. Maybe we should have like a segment for rats. Okay. I don't know much about rats though. Well, you should read the book. It's actually, it's really good. Okay. Um, All right. Well, and, or maybe you know exactly what the amount that you want to know on this topic. That might be more where I'm at. (laughs) okay so i guess stay tuned and we're going to do our plunge into online dating dun 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 so on to online dating. On to the online. So I feel like everyone knows someone or has at this point done some sort of online dating. 
yeah, I know you. I've never done online dating. I find it to be, I'm like more of like a social media person. I even started on Friendster dating myself. Hello. Um, but yeah, um, definitely know people. Everybody does online dating. Yes. And there are some very successful stories. There are also some very like not so successful stories, right? <laughs> Everyone's seen the MTV show Catfish, I think. Oh, sure. Sure. sure <laughs> Didn't sure. work out too well for those people. No. Um, and over the years from friends, I have definitely heard some ridiculous stories. Until the other day. <laughs> I heard a story that I have never heard before. Okay. So I get a text message from a friend of mine who is hysterically laughing about an email that she got from the online dating site that she is using. Okay. This site happens to be Hinge. So after I tell you the story, we can get into the different sites, things like that. Okay. So she is hysterically laughing because also over the years, this girl ended up going on a date with someone who turned out to be her friend's cousin's husband. Um, her friend, cousin's <laughs> husband, her, wow. yeah, so adultery and almost incest, I guess, incest by proxy and definite adultery, definitely adultery. Wow, mm-hmm. so at this point, you know, I have basically heard every story that I've ever thought I would hear. So my friend calls me in the day hysterically laughing that she gets an email from Hinge that someone that she matched with has been taken off the site to be investigated for fraud. Okay. Can we name this friend? Can we call this friend um, Mabel? Okay. So Mabel. Yeah. Called me. Yes. Hysterically laughing. Okay. And almost crying because it does get like frustrating and like crazy. Okay. So this is the person who's been quarantined on Hinge and you know, listen, this is, I'm crying, I'm laughing, I'm doing every emotion. Yes. And it's like, this is the real life of what is happening to people who mm-hmm. are online dating. Okay. <laughs> she she never sent him money or anything. She actually never even like answered his like message. Okay. But the email said that he has been like removed and is being investigated for whatever weird thing that he was doing. Oh. So, wow. So that means that this uh, the person, the guy was on Hinge and basically soliciting people for money and she was not solicited for money but had matched or had a little interaction with him and because of that hinge sent her that yes and fraudulent behavior is included includes but it's not limited to using a fake identity or posing a significant risk of attempting to obtain money from others using deceitful means that is so sad well i just think it's kind of crazy because like I said, we've all seen catfish. There are tons of people doing crazy stuff online dating. So, like, mm-hmm. for you to get caught and removed from the site. Mm. It's like, like a Ponzi scheme. Like, what are you doing? Pyramid scheme. 
And so how is Mabel feeling now? Laughing about it or just at, at her wit's end with online dating? I think a little bit of both. Okay. But. Because, I mean, it is because she wasn't so into the guy and didn't get scammed herself. She could maybe take a step back and laugh that like that's like kind of what it is but it's also kind of like i think mabel's a little bit like wtf what are my other options right now because we are still in quarantine yeah except to like continue doing the online dating Mm. she's been dating a lot in quarantine oh yeah hello hello okay lots of like facetime and like okay. a lot of the sites now like offer like uh, a date and quarantine option that you could do like a safe Zoom where it's like no one's personal information. That's fantastic. You, you know, yeah. And they really made the accommodations pretty quickly. Because I remember when she told me about the first one, I was like, um, we've been home for like 25 minutes. Like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. So like it really was done very quickly. Which is nice because, like, really, what other options do people have? I know. And I, I like a Zoom. I like a Zoom everything. I want to Zoom my life. I haven't had any sort of Zoom anything in a few weeks. I even Zoom today. It gives me a headache. It makes me confused. Mm. <laughs> well, I did have that. I We talked about that. I did have that for a little while. Um. It was like the the people just slightly constantly moving. It was like making me nauseous. But I think, you know, it's like in the end, I like it. I'm pro Zoom. I I like it. I'm not against it, but it does make me like seasick. So are there other to go back to the hinge? Is oh, hinge yeah. good is it good or bad? Like, I know Tinder, you know, ever, you know, that's like always made fun of or made light of. And it's just like swiping left, swiping right, whatever it is. Hinge, I feel like is a little different, though. Yeah. Hinge is like, I don't know, people have like five pictures, six pictures, maybe. And like Mm -hmm. a couple like short little things written, like usually like answers to like kind of like ideal sick day or. Okay. You know, stuff like that. Okay, that's cute. It's kind of um, like low effort, low anything. <laughs> like where the cool people are? I mean, I don't know how cool they are, but. Okay. Then there's like Plenty of Fish, which was like popular a couple of years ago, really, I think. It might still be. I'm not really sure. Mm-hmm. Um, then there is like Matchany Harmony and all those. Then you have, like, the specialized ones. Well, it's all, I mean, so I guess it boils, in a way, it's all kind of the same. And it's interesting because you need a certain skill set or, like, a help from a friend to come off as, like, dateable and, like, cute online. So you could be dateable and cute in real life. But then it's, like, how do you translate that to a profile? It's, I don't know. I think that some people do it better than others, definitely. Yeah, you know, it's like a whole thing. It just makes me wonder to, like, back in the day when people met, you know, they would have to, like, say hello. They'd have to 
square dance. Hand drive? They'd have to hand drive. They'd have to, like... Interact? Yeah. You'd have to, like, literally walk by someone and be like, Hi, my name is whatever. What's your name? How are you doing? What do you like? I don't know. I just wonder how all the the former generations did it. I would so much rather do it that way. I think there's something very dehumanizing to all the swiping left and swiping right and just making assumptions and just looking at pictures. It's like you have to really give people a chance. So I'm pro a Zoom date. I'm pro a mass date. I think that's cool. Wear a mask. Get to know someone. Wear a helmet. Wear a motorcycle. <laughs> be, be, you know what I mean? Try to, like, be a human. Don't be, like, a swiper. Yeah. I, like I said, I'd rather meet someone in person. I think it's easier. Yeah, definitely. Well, I don't know. So she right, the so- profile. Like, you can't write too much. Who the hell wants to read all that? Yeah, too long, no read. Definitely not good. Um, yeah, there's just, I don't know. It's like a whole, it's a whole thing, really. The online dating world. It's an online world now, though. It really is. It is. But I think it's a good thing that there are the Zoom dates. That's like a very good vibe. I do, too. I think that it's great. And I think that, like I said, I do give the online dating sites credit, I guess, for making that an option pretty quickly. Hmm. Well, that's good. There should be like a teacher hinge. To like date or just to like be friends with other teachers? Both. I would do that. Like a friend one even would be really cool because then you could really, I guess that's kind of what Twitter does for education, but I don't know. There's so many educators afraid of Twitter. It's like really weird. I have Twitter. But now. yeah, no, it's like a good way to connect with other educators. And Frontini like, has a Twitter. Yes, Frontini does have a Twitter, Frontini pod. But like, you know, like if everybody was on, if you're made to be on, I guess. I don't know. I think that, whatever. Yeah. It's good. Any final words? Any words? Do I have any words for Mabel? Do you have any words for Mabel? Stay tough, girl. Yeah, I would say like, like, like chin up, girl. Like you, you've been dealt a a wacky hand and, you know, keep laughing, keep moving, keep going, keep smiling, keep shining. I don't know. No, and you can (laughs) scout on me. For sure. sure. See? Come on, Mabel. You got it. Friends are for. Keep smiling. Keep shining. Yes, Mabel. Yes, honey. We love you. So now we have um, a little teacher talk. <laughs> Ooh, I like a little t- a little chalk talk. Yes. A New York City update. Okay. It has been announced that schools are reopening. 
Mm-hmm. full-time to teachers and students will be on like a rotating like once every couple weeks schedule it's gonna be a doozy it's gonna be really hard to figure it all out so we'll see how that goes however in all of this teachers are very like anxious all over not just new york city teachers are anxious yes. they don't know what's happening some teachers like deal with it better better than others other teachers are having a very hard time with it so on YouTube and like the internet, there are all these like very funny uh, videos going around about like what reopening is going to be like. Mm. So I have some new classroom jobs to share with you. <laughs> okay. For the 2020-2021 <laughs> school year. Okay. So the old classroom jobs in case a non, a person not in the profession is listening it would be like you know your third grade teacher you have a little a chart um new jobs maybe happen once a week kids get to pick them um things could be like a line leader or um a closet door shutter or a paper passer outer or something like this yes okay however for the 2020-2021 school year according to mr jerry brooks on youtube Some new jobs that can be in the classroom are the door nurse. This job would be to teach each each child's temperature before they come into the classroom. Oh, geez, Louise. (laughs) They would then tell the room bouncer whether the temperature was above or below the given healthy temperature. Okay. The room bouncer would then either let them in or out of the classroom. During the school year, you will also have a taste checker. Oh, jeez. The job of this person will be to sprinkle a little salt or sugar on their (laughs) classmate's tongue (laughs) to determine if they have lost their sense of taste from coronavirus. That, well, thus far, that job would definitely be coveted. I think that they would really like that. That would be like, yeah. So after that, you could be the CVS czar. (laughs) The CC. (laughs) This job would entail asking each student as they came into the room if they had taken Advil, Motrin, Tylenol, or anything else given to you by a grown-up to make you feel better before they came to school. So the CVS czar and the, um, the bouncer would be working together? Yeah. Presumably. I mean, the, okay. it seems like the room bouncer would be very busy. Okay. <laughs> no math. No ELA. Yeah. Like, no. okay. that child is working very hard. Okay. So then, you know, just to keep everything good, it would be the cough counter. So oh, their no. job would be to listen for anyone to cough and if they start coughing they will have to keep track of how many times that person coughs and if it's four times or more they have to go home wow the tally really would work well with that yes there are lots of things involved in all of this recording yeah they really are Mm -hmm. so then there will be a distance detective and this child will make sure that safety protocols of social distancing are maintained at all times 
I'm surprised, you know, have you seen in the very beginning of quarantine, it was in Germany, I believe, a restaurant gave members or gave uh, clientele or eaters um, pool noodle hats that were cut to six feet. Did you see that? Oh, yes, I did see that. That would be very cute and ridiculous in the classroom. I mean, I guess anything in the classroom is going to be a change, but it would be kind of jovial to have that. I think it would be funny until they start ripping them off and like hitting each other with them. Yes, pretty much. (laughs) Are there more classroom jobs? There are more classroom jobs. Oh, please, please continue. So I think this is the job that I would want. Ooh. The mask enforcer. Okay. So you are watching that everyone keeps their mask on as a mask and not as a chin guard or an eye patch or anything else. And if you notice anyone with their mask not properly adorned, you get to flick rubber bands at them. Oh, geez, Louise. Okay. <laughs> so that's a social, that's a way to distantly yes. tell someone, okay, hello. Yep. <laughs> So then the next job would be the 22nd Beyonce. Okay. So this person's job would be to accompany everyone when they wash their hands and sing a Beyonce song for 20 seconds. That's so cool. To make sure that proper hand washing methods are in place. That is adorable. So then there'll be a plexiglass polisher. Okay. The, you know, that's pretty self-explanatory. Then there'll mm-hmm. be someone who is the keeper of the mat. And it will be a map with all the current hotspots highlighted. And they <laughs> will have to interview everyone to see if they have come in contact with anyone from these hotspot places. Okay. And then everyone will have the daily job of being a contact tracer where they write down the names of anyone that they have come in contact since they left school the day before. There are a lot of skills involved in this. There are. And I mean, you know, I know it's meant as a joke, but it's really kind of true. Yes. So, yes, for those listening, we are being fun and funny. It is obviously satirical. However, I will say the Beyonce one is the only one that actually could be reasonable. That's cute. You have a buddy, you wash the hands, one little friend singing to another friend. Who wouldn't want that? I think it would be great. I think that's great. So 2020, 2021, teachers listening, you can start planning your classroom jobs. <laughs> I uh, what's what's the guy's name again? You said Jerry. Oh, Jerry Brooks. He has a and couple a of J? funny, uh, Jerry with a G. Oh, G, see, good, I, good thing I asked. Okay, Jerry with a G, Brooks. And he has like a couple of funny, like going back to school videos. I would yeah. also like to know where he's from. Because he has a very distinct accent, as many people think that I do. Yeah. So I am very interested in knowing more about this man. Okay, Jerry Brooks, how you doing? Let's see if we can find him on Twitter and like post him on our Twitter. And I would also like to say, you know, in all seriousness, everybody is involved, hopefully, in some way in the re-entry planning, which is going way too fast, in my opinion. And and I'll just leave that there. Um, <laughs> but the teachers of New Jersey have developed, I think it's a 283-question list, which is 
a really good list for a number of reasons. Essentially, it's like all the questions you can't really think of that all when your emotions are involved and, you know, families that you know, and then you have your own health to protect. Um, But the list is really comprehensive, well done, and a really good springboard for anyone who's in any of these groups to look at. So we'll also repost that on our Twitter. I think giving it a look, if you give it a three second look, you'll see how valuable it is. So kudos, you know, New York, New Jersey doesn't often get along, but, but dang, like kudos, New Jersey teachers for putting that together, making it public and, and blasting that far and wide. So all educators can use it. And if you are a school leader right now, listening to this, you need to bring it into your conversation because I guarantee there are things that you're missing in your conversation and you need, need, need that list. I looked at it. It's very good, very comprehensive, and I am definitely very glad to have it. Yeah, they really do some nice touch points on different cornerstones of our populations and our community that like you just, you know, when you're when you're in the mix or in a one hour meeting, two hour meeting, full day meeting, all these meetings, right, you're going to miss something. So even if you just have your own list and merge it with this and do a double check, like it's it is really good. That's awesome. Yay. So we have covered so much in this episode. We've gone sharks, um, travel, travel tips, <laughs> rats, rat updates, online dating, and a little teacher funny. I'm, I'm liking it. We're very busy. This is a busy episode. Good. To, yeah. A seven's a very lucky number. So this is a good thing. Yeah. Seven. Okay. Well, thank you everybody for joining us this week. Yes. Please join us next time. Yeah. All right. See you on the interweb. All right. Bye Vic. Bye everyone. Bye. Bye. Where can you find us on social media? Um, on Instagram, we are Frentini Podcast. On Twitter, we're Frentini Pod. And on TikTok, we are Frentini. And you have already found us on Spotify uh, for Frentini Podcast. So we'll be seeing you guys again soon. And what we're thinking about for our next podcast is maybe a little TikTok discussion. I have lots of feelings and ideas on TikTok. Mm. Maybe we'll get an update about my ice cream man. <laughs> and, and and possibly we can visit the topic of going to the beach this summer oh gosh or not going to the beach this summer so please join us for our next convo on frontini with nick and vic <laughs> we'll bye everybody talk to you soon <laughs> bye bye <laughs>